episode 12 of Podular Stand, a podcast for the likes of Doncaster. My name is Glenn Wilson, editor of the occasionally award-winning Popular Stand fanzine, and joining me here in the zine's palatial central London penthouse are two of Popular Stand's regular contributors, editor of the London Economic, Jack P. Now then, hello. All right. And freelance powerhouse, James McMahon. No, I like that. It's better than unemployed dosser. It's sort of the same thing. That's next. Next, okay. next right. issue. Right. Sorted. Uh, okay, now you know who you're stuck listening to for the next half hour. How about what we're going to be banging on about? Uh, well, this season we thought we'd tweak our format slightly and, uh, and focus each episode on a, a solitary topic. Uh, and that all begins this month with this episode on our favourite Rovers-related rumours. Uh, James, this was uh, your suggestion, so perhaps it's best if, uh, if you kick things off by... By telling us what drew you to the topic, and Jack and me can sit here and hope that whatever you say matches up with the notes we've brought. I thought we were going to talk about how bad the trains were. <sighs> Don't, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about... I was thinking... Uh, I think we're all agreed that we sort of hate pre-season to sort of various yeah. degrees. And I know you, Glenn, personally just don't like the rumour and the innu- innuendo. But I was sort of thinking, what was the upside of rumour and innuendo? And... Was there a way of repositioning it as something that we were nostalgic about at one point? Were there any stories that we had? I mean, we should keep it Rovers related. That was why, <laughs> why the people have come to the show. But uh, was there a way of repositioning it where it was about a great Rovers related rumour that we did? Cool. No, I like that. Good. I, I, was, I was on board with that from the start because the last thing I want to do is talk about how, how pre-season has gone. And uh, what the team are playing. Although, apparently, like, we have all seen where we've played this season. That's incredible. I also think, as well, uh, it's that problem we had when we started the podcast, which is it, it, there's not very much to say when everything's going amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and this season, thus far, at the time of recording, oh, yeah. is, uh, is going that way. So let's focus, focus. That's, right. what, that's what we're trying to do. We're going to focus <laughs> on the topic. I'm not going to. Diverse three minutes in. Right. Um, right. So rumours. I've got. You can you can steer this, James, if you want. I've got some transfer related rumours, some rumours relating to the ground, and then I've got my favourite rumours related story slash rumour that appeared in a past fanzine, and I've also got arguably the greatest rumours rumour that it remains sort of cultly known amongst fans of a certain age. How prepped are you? A so, lot more. No. I've got a simple conspiracy theory, actually, that I'm going to kick off tonight. And so it's not even a rumour yet. I'm going to start the rumour. That wasn't the, the idea. Wasn't you? We'd start some rumours because this is the wrong. We should do that on the terrace by whispering to people. Well, I've not read the small print because well, post, I didn't see that. Posting it honestly on the forum. How about you start? Because you've brought got a, loads. a dossier of rumour. I've got a lot of free time at the moment. So, John, should we start with some transfer rumours? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, like, it's more people who were like supposedly going to sign but didn't quite sign. It's one I always think of at this point whenever someone says that is um, is Paul Allender, who you may or may not remember. You were probably about eight, Jack, so you <laughs> won't remember, but you might. Yeah. But then you seem to lose the confidence years, like rock stars lose the sixties and not remember any of them. Uh, it was, yeah, it was my lost seasons. Yeah. 
Um, so Paul Ellinger was a Scarborough centre-half who was like close to signing for Elves, but he ultimately he stayed at Scarborough and went to Boston about a year later. But the reason it stands out is because every time we played Scarborough after that, there's a lad who used to stand with a stand with our group on the pop side. It would just spend the entire game like heckling Paul Ellinger, just yelling, you know what you're signing for us, Ellinger, you know it, don't deny it, don't fight it, you know this is where you're coming, Ellinger, for like for 90 minutes of that. And that's why I just always think of Rubens is, is that persistent heckle of a man who was clearly perplexed by the entire thing. I've just completely forgot that Scarborough ever had a, a league football club. This was a West conference. Oh, so this was, was post-league right, season. Yeah, yeah. McCain chips. That's, that's, that's all you need yeah, to know. It was, it was <laughs> the McCain Stadium. Standing there, yelling at Paul Ellen to, to let his future teammates score a goal. That's not a bad rumour, but I think you can do better. I can do better. All right. I mean, the, there's the... So the experiment like brought a lot of daft names to the key mode. So that kind of... Kind of negated the idea of like fanciful rumours because it was at a period where if you tried to make a yeah, <laughs> oh you never guess what I've had Frederick Pickett oh no he's there <laughs> you couldn't really make them up because they'd suddenly turn up but um, one that did get away from him was apparently Robert Perez no yeah that was it that was in like a lo- November 2011 so a load of time papers at the time carried the rumour that uh, Perez was going to say well this was in print yeah yeah it just left the, well it's the internet equivalent of print it probably made print as well but I didn't go so far as to go into the library. But if I was if I was working at like a sports desk in the Donny region and yeah. literally I'm seeing all these oh, this, these were nationals and, as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, indeed. If I if I'm seeing all these Jambonders and Jeeves yeah. and all I would I would fill my boots. It's, it's been a, been I a would, tale of donkey because time, isn't it? You're right about the fact that the experiment negates anything, like that yeah. you can't have that reaction when yeah. we actually did sign most of them. So why not? I mean, I'm maybe gonna, he was. I'm going to preface this with saying that journalist in- integrity is really important to me. But <laughs> when, I, when I used to edit the uh, gossip page at NME, I did regularly sneak retired footballers into the spotted <laughs> column. So as well, get that idea from? as well as seeing uh, <laughs> as well as seeing members of the Strokes at the bar fly, quite often Ian Wright was down the front watching Bell Sebastian. So yeah, no, I, I imagine... Didn't they have a long history doing that enemy, wasn't it? Like, in enemy where they started the rumour that um, Bob Aldous plays the sax on Baker Street. Was that enemy? It's Stuart Marconi, he was enemy. Oh, right, I didn't know where that started, right. right. But anyway, nothing, um, nothing indie rock. Um, but no, I can see why so was, the sports desk would do, could do that. Yeah, I mean, but was he, not, it is clearly like, here's a bag of players. Get, get Carol from reception's point. <laughs> yeah. Get one of these out, we'll put Robert it Perez wasn't on uh, Mackay's books, was he? Well, I don't know, there's a link there. He, he just left Villa. So he was 37-ish, I think. And he wasn't he wasn't with a club that season. Oh, so he's ticking all the boxes there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the guys idea of I'll get you a move to a bigger club at 37 <laughs> yeah. and we won't pay you anything, honest. Um, did he go, go anywhere after Villa? No, 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 he didn't go anywhere. So he was rumoured to, uh, apparently there was, there was, Perez tweeted about it at the time, I didn't have time to go through his Twitter to find it, but there's the quote from Perez's Twitter in the paper was, uh, Doncaster people called me, I am happy they think I can help them, but it's not in my plan to play there, which is a very polite way of going, who? Yeah. What? No, it's very, very polite, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, kudos apparently. Um, I have you watched that? Um, Bring me the head of Diego. I think that's what it's called. It's that that documentary that came out about Maradona. Oh, no. uh, if you've got History Channel, it's on History Channel like every day. It's really good though. Uh, and there's a bit in it where it's revealed that Maradona uh, wanted to sign 
for Sunderland in the late 70s. Oh, right, yeah, I did hear this recently. Yeah, yeah, but the Argentinian government, uh, the Argentinian government stopped it. Didn't Sheikh United try and sign him as well? Well, I heard that, but he, he, I know that he basically uh, came out with like uh, an ultimatum of, I'm going to sign for Sunderland. <laughs> and I, I know a lot it's of... an ultimatum. I know a lot of Sunderland... Well, I mean, if you think about it, late 70s, I mean, when did they win the FA Cup? So they were 73. Uh, you know, it's not a sort of a preposterous idea, is it? Like mm-hmm. a sort of rising... I mean, he would have been like a teenager... But I was thinking, I know quite a lot of people are Sunderland fans because they used to live up there for a bit. And I think if Diego Maradona had ever uh, had ever wanted to sign for Rovers but didn't, I don't think I could have ever supported Rovers. <laughs> like, I just don't, don't think I could have ever dealt with that. Like, oh, you're going to love my last room, are <laughs> Right, go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saving that one. Yeah, yeah. So all the other big names, so obviously after the experiment, when we'd all like gone, well, this is a crazy idea. Let's never talk about this again. John Ryan brought sequential capital to the table with the promise of like loads of big name signings to try and swing us towards it. And the idea was there was the rumor that if the sequential capital investment went over, uh, that Shea Given, Richard Dunn, and Stephen Ireland would all play for us. I don't oh. know if that was a general like here's three Irishmen. Yeah, yeah. Is that a old, joke? Let's yeah. push them in. Oh, yeah. That sounds quite realistic. No, it, it does. Like in that it involves. Uh, a fanciful investment and John Ryan getting excited. Yeah, but they're, they're all players at that point that you could imagine signing. Stephen, I, we, I mean, we, we had just gone back into the championship, so yeah. we were a second team. We'd just gone back up again. Irish consortium. Yeah, so I mean, Dunn and Given makes sense, but Stephen Ireland, well, it wasn't it wasn't that much on the way at that point, surely. Was he was Yeah. Um, I was, I don't know if it's got any relevance to this, but I was, um, uh, <laughs> it's never stopped us with anything right, it's before. never stopped me before, so I'm going to go that is, That's almost the intellectual, that's I'm the not racist, this, but. Yeah, well, no, I well, I was. the name of this podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this has any relevance. I brushed shoulders with the founder of Lavezia, like, way, like, at the start of the summer. And he told me that Ronaldo was going to Juventus, like, way before anyone reported it, right? Yeah. And I'm just saying, if you're an influential businessman, in countries like Italy, then maybe you could make it's that happen. Really so I think that if that went over the line, what's the why what's not? The, what are the coffee people getting out of Ronaldo? Um, they're just high up in this. They've got direct. Well, line. they're they're based in Turin, uh, yeah, so yeah. they must have some fingers in some pie somewhere. How are we pronouncing um, the name of that football team? Juventus. Juventus. Because you put a J in there. Oh, did I really? I was just wondering whether it was. Juventus. I think it. I think it's soft, soft J. Like Ulysses. No. I mean, I just, I just, <laughs> I just follow. <laughs> I just follow Torino to get out of this. Right. Okay. No, but the, no, that stuff is. Oh, I mean, this stuff. Uh, no, I can't go there. All right. Well, I'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, just I just remember it's media law. Okay. <laughs> a, a crucial moment. Yeah. Yeah. Although never stopped us before again. <laughs> uh, well, that's normally where my editing comes in. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, normally these chats are three hours long. <laughs> I put it down to 40 minutes of usable material. So the other time we had like big names coming in and playing for Rovers, or big names, if you like, was the, when we first looked down to the conference. Uh, and Ian Snodding was pulling in faves all over the place, and he brought in Steve Nichol, Neville Southall, uh, John Sheridan, who was awful. Us, including care, um, but there was also a rumour at the time that Peter Beardsley was on his way. Oh, I that. Yeah, I it was 98 99, and Beardsley, 
Yeah, he played the Hartlepool that season, like later that season. So right. it's implausible. I thought you were going to... When you were going there, I thought you were going to say Waddle. Well, Waddle was the other one at the same time. Yeah. Is that because we thought I was going to say that because it was written there? I think he was at a game. Yeah, no, I remember... I think I saw him at a game in the main stand at a game in the conference, like early conference season. And there was someone like asking if he was going to sign and he didn't like commit. Um, I mean, they're, they're classic football rumours when you see someone in the crowd. Yeah, um, and I, I'm with you. I remember the Waddle one more so than the Beardsley one. Waddle would have been like 37, but they both would have been like 37, 38 years old at the time. Waddle went to Torquay later that season, so he did play at that level. Did it... Um, Played high level. Did it... What was our attendances at that point? Did it help? First, it wasn't necessarily down to like, the players coming in. That helped. I think the Snoddins coming in helped more than like Nev. It was only people like me who were massive like Nev Southall fans who were on that. But like it was just the rebirth, you know, the resurrection of the club almost and getting the club back. So the crowds were high anyway. There were like three thousand average gates that first season in the conference. I think or two the high two thousand really. I mean, really like seven, like, yeah, there was a few games that were below a thousand. Yeah, 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 it's about three. I think. It doesn't say much for us that even our fanciful rumours rotate around players that are 37. <laughs> yeah. All of them are sort of like maybe could have one day had a player that was 37 yeah, years old. If they could be asked to get yeah. off the yeah. sofa, they could have yeah. played for Elvis. Yeah. Nickel though, fantastic Steve player. Nickel, phenomenal for us that season. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, right, what's next? Pay me transfer ones. Was yours transfer related? Oh, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, it's right. far better than that. I'm starting, I'm starting something something new and uh, maybe you should get rid of all the, the, the good ones and then I'll sort of like okay. <laughs> then I'll swoop then in. I'm going to swoop uh, in I was going to say did you, did you want to keep going on you, would you like to have a nice little break while, while Jack jumped in and... no I'll go because I've got loads keep going, keep I'll, going. I'll, I'll, you can jump off jump off on me if you want uh, so I've got something about the ground alright Bell- okay. so uh, Bellevue car park was actually where they filmed the 1969 moon landing that's because uh, the surface but close, most closely resembled the today. That's a funny joke, isn't it? Yeah, right, I just, I just put right. it. <laughs> I don't know what Jack, so Jack went with it. No, it's good. I don't know. I mean, I also, I also think in this age of uh, fake news, though, this should be a podcast that you can. I'm sad to say that one. Trust. But driving your car on the moon would be like driving your car into Bellevue. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why did no one ever pick up the oil drums? <laughs> yeah. Why were they always on their side? There was just two on their side yeah. for like five years. But one on the ground, or ground related. Uh, there was, there was a, for a long time, there was a rumour that uh, Schalke, you know, the German side. Oh, yeah. They were going to be, when Rovers moved to a new stadium, that Rovers' first opponent to the new stadium was going to be Schalke. Because uh, Doncaster, the reason was always given that Doncaster's twinned with Gelsenkirchen. <laughs> but I, I don't think it even is twinned with Gelsenkirchen. And I think even that in itself is a rumour that's led to another rumour. Pegler's got factories in both places, but that's stretching it. There's a lot of heavy knitting together of sort of. Like <laughs> <laughs> Someone once saw a yeah. game played by Schalke. I mean, so for the benefit of the, uh, the 10 people who listen to this podcast, I have just got back from Doncaster and it always makes me super nostalgic when I'm there or sort of like wistful and I was kind of remembering just what it was like growing up there and not having a phone, not having the internet and this stuff, like I've got a couple and they're from, they're from like being, you know, 14 and being told something and me never checking whether it was right (laughs) or wrong and it just stayed with me all my life. So what, what have you got? Go for it. Well, I guess I... Because when I got into Rovers, they were just so unbelievably unpopular at my school. 
Uh, I was walking through. Well, not just your school. Let it be said. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> man. Been like, nailed that unpopularity across most of the border. Well, I, 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 it's hard to say when things change, really, because I, I was walking through the market today, and it's not it wasn't market day, but I was walking through the market, and uh, there were just loads of little kids running around with like rows stripped. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that like literally never happened. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, like how was it happen where you were, Jack? No. <laughs> Like I was talking to my mum. Good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack did not grow up in Doncaster for the benefit of listeners at home. I was, I was talking to my my mum who uh, I mean she grew up in Wheatley Hills and she would insist that I said Wheatley Hills by the way. If I said Wheatley, she would be like, "No, I was Wheatley Hills." It's just <laughs> a bit nicer. Uh, and I remember saying to her something like, "Oh, you know, was your dad ever interested in Rovers?" Uh, and she's like, "Oh, I'll be dead honest with you. I'm not even sure he knew a town had a football team." Which is like pretty damning, right? <laughs> so there were various things where when I started going to Rovers and I would maybe say to an adult as a child, I would say to an adult, I'm a Doncaster Rovers fan. And there was there were always like three facts that they would give me. Or two facts maybe. One of them was that it was like the biggest pitch mm-hmm. in Britain. Uh, which is, whether that's true or whether it's not, is a bit of a boring one. Uh, and the other one was that Paul Daniels owned some of Bellevue's turf. Well, it's funny you should bring that one up. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have some notes on that. Oh, well, hello. Uh, so, yeah. So, Paul Daniels was known as like a celebrity Rovers fan, right? Well. So, well, here's where this this, this falls down. <laughs> is that he was in the fact that he was, you know, he'd done these things over. But he wasn't a Rovers fan. He was a Middlesbrough fan. Because he's not from anywhere near. No, no, he's not. No, right. he's, 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 from, he's a Middlesbrough fan. So what did he do for Rovers? His agent was a former director at Rovers. Oh, man. Um, and so, like, 1992, Rovers were... Well, I don't know why 1992 was any different to the previous 20-odd years, but Rovers were skinny. Um, and so it was, like, a, an idea to raise money. They... It was a safe Rovers group had the idea. So they, they sold off like square yards of the pitch and you could own a yard of the pitch. Oh, right. And so to try and give this like campaign a bit of publicity, they wrote in the celebrity magician and it was big in early 90s. Oh, Paul he Daniels was my hero. Paul Daniels was the man they got to like... He was he, one of he, a few non-nutrient heroes. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he bought the centre spot in the 10 yards around the centre spot. Man. That's amazing. Yeah. What, what is, is the property on there now? Well, here's the thing, right? So I so fast forward twenty years to like the early two thousands, and Paul Daniels is on Twitter. Was on Twitter, I should hate somebody at the time he was on Twitter. So I thought, well, now's the time to find out. Make sure you leave a minute of silence at the end. Of the yeah, <laughs> well, it's the, we'll dedicate it. Yeah. So he, I tweeted him to say like, "Is it true?" And he was like, "Yeah, it is true." I mean, I've since been able like to find out. But the other thing I asked him was, when the club left, did you get did you get the centre spot? He was like, no, he, he, they never they never gave it to. Him. So he sold off these squares of the pitch and then never gave anyone the squares that they bought. I mean, like if they put a house on there, could you go and sit in someone's front room and be like, this is this is where I sit. This is like my mm-hmm. space. Because I mean, theoretically, Paul Daniels could have gone and signed I, someone's. I've just bought yeah, whatever it is on yeah. the centre half. Centre that's, that's my space. 
magic coming home and just pulled down and things sat in the living room. I love it. Like, I mean, it's I'd... magic. I... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you like it, but not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good work. Um, this, this, uh, this is fantastic, and you're like John Pillager. This is like fantastic investigative report. Yeah, yeah. So that's the the so Paul Daniels wasn't a Rovers fan, but he did have the same spot. This is, but he never got it. This is wonderful. This is. Um, just as just as a collision of two of the rooms here. I mean, it's something that I've thought about a lot, but it's not something that's kept me awake. No, same here. But it definitely won't happen. Yeah. Um, just a collision of two more rooms. It's something I found out while putting these things together. Uh, Chris Waddle's nickname at Marseille was Magic Chris because he was really homesick and he used to watch loads of Paul Daniels videos. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know how true that is. But his teammates are bad. His teammates are I mean, I'd love to say someone, someone with authority told me, but it's on Wikipedia. It's cited. He used to make sausages, didn't he? Yeah, no, initially. I've often, I've often wondered if I ever ate a sausage made by Chris Waddle. I mean, so, I ate meat back then, so. Did you go all the way to like, the northeast? I ate a lot of sausages. <laughs> well, you never know that, you know, it's going to be just pumped out in the northeast. The other rumour, <laughs> I don't I need to get off that. The other rumour is uh, I've got a brother who was a steward and so he would tell me bits and bobs and one was the there were uh, Romany people is that right? I think so Romany people who had rocked up on the car park at Bellevue mm. they'd been told to move on so they'd cursed Bellevue there's a lot of like sort of yeah, ra- yeah, 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 sort yeah. Of racial stereotypes going on here yeah but, um, they basically like when they've been up to, told to sling their rook, they've cursed Bellevue, and that's why Rovers uh, were so bad for such a long time. I feel like we brought this up in yeah. a previous podcast when we were trying to get to the bottom of the supposed haunting. Supposed haunting. Did not haunting. Did they, 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 they ever see it spooking every Saturday afternoon? Up. There's um, someone living in those parts with a ghost of Paul Daniels on the sofa right now. <laughs> Paul Daniels on the sofa, they've got a ghost in the attic. Yeah. The, the problem with that they thought they were buying a nice house yeah. on the fo- football ground. The problem with that rumour is you can't you can't verify it. No. It's just if do you believe in that nonsense? Yeah. I mean the fact that you've asked if you believe in the nonsense. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I, I did um, I did used to regularly I did used to think about it though. Like I'd be at I'd be at Rovers and like we'd be getting like pummeled and I'd be like you know, I've always been, I've always been quite a sort of left-leaning sort of about people kind of dude. So I, I was never blaming anyone, but I was thinking, why is my football club cursed? <laughs> well, I, I read that the curse was because of a disgruntled ex-employee. Oh, but I don't know if that meant like a player or right. someone who's made the tease or what. I don't know. We've had a really big falling out of Rose. I was just imagining like yeah. Sammy Chung on the way out. <laughs> Collect, collecting his stuff oh, and, and by the way <laughs> yeah. I've now cursed your ground he was to bad. be fair I think there's not much more a curse could have done at the point where Sammy Chung left no. that, that put us into any more trouble really no I loved him though Tom. you know my uh, band the band I was in about 10 years ago we had a song that name checked Sammy Chung uh, there was a line that went in the song <laughs> that went this one goes out to my mum this one goes out to Sammy Chung <laughs> good isn't it that can be our outro. After we've got a minute silence for Paul Daniels. Not Fleetwood Rat Money. Right, anyway, they, they're mine, so you can go back to yours now. Well, they, they were ours. Um, no, wasn't the other one with the, with the, the big, yellow big pages as rumours in front of it? Jack, I'm going to throw it to you, mate, because it's been mainly me and, oh, me and James so far. 
No. Well, okay. Forget Perez, right? Forget Given, forget Southall. Um, forget all of those, because I'm just going to hit you with something fresh, something new. Um, and um, it'll still blow you away, because cause this is quite remarkable. So I am obsessed with my works five-a-side team at the moment. Right. right? Um, and we've won three out of three. <laughs> Coincidence. You are very good at five by the way, on the brief encounters I've had with you. Yeah, well... We've we've got we've got a former Luton Town striker, so, <laughs> so you know. Anyway, so I did tie it into Rovers' first game against against Southend because because of him mainly. In fact, yeah. we've got a good keeper, but we played three games right, and the first two are a bit odd. So the first game we played on the Monday before we kicked off the season, right, and we yeah. won six four in a gritty performance. Now I'm going to ask you two: What is six divided by two? Three. What is four divided by two? Two. And what did Rovers do on the first day of the season? They won three two, Jack. In a gritty performance. Nah, I'd have gone lucky. It was yeah, pretty. Okay, it gritty. was pretty gritty. Let's go gritty for the sake of it. Second game was more of a whitewash. Okay, we were completely in control. We won twelve two. What is twelve divided by two? What is six divided by two? I mean, now you're stretching it, but three. Three, right? And then if you sort of like. You know, detract the, the two because we've divided two. You know, that's three nil. In, in, now, we played on Monday. We won thirteen four. Now, I'm going to leave it up to interpretation what we might do at the weekend. But Sorry, if you're it. some sort of man, well, the cup doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're some sort of like mathematician who can see a trend through this, and you've got a fiver that you want to set down the buckets. So you, you, your rumor that you're bringing to the table here. Yeah. Is that your five-a-side team is somehow influencing the results of league one football matches through mathematics? I think we are predicting them outright. <laughs> I think Jack's rumor is the plot to an unmade M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. I mean, I think what the, what the listeners can't see is that while Jack was doing that, these numbers were appearing on the wall in yeah. sort of etched blood. Well, it was quite actually, it's like all it's all online on the blackboard. Behind. <laughs> all all of these are, are online in the um, King's Cross uh, Copenhagen Primary School uh, Division North uh, results every week. Monday. Sorry, you won. You won what on Monday? It's, 13, it's, yeah, 13, it doesn't help that it's an odd number. Was it 13? 13, 13, 4. What's 13 divided by 4? 2. No, it's 3. Yeah. 3.25. So where was going to win 3.25 nil? Yeah, and what that 2, 5 is could be, I don't know. It could, could be, be anything, mix, but anyway, anyway. let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> system. What I want to know is, how did you stumble upon this? How? It's right there in front of me. You know? <laughs> I was walking home on Monday night, and and, and you know, as the clouds parted, I just looked into the sky and thought, "This cannot be coincidence." It's amazing. I bet there's, there'll wow. be people who'll take that and they'll go down Bill Hill on Saturday and they'll win a lot of money thanks to me. And so when's your so when's your next when's your next game? Then? Well, I'm just saying this, Sorry, this, Monday, this, this Monday, Monday is for Saturday because we don't really count the cup because right. it didn't work for the cup. Right, but that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the reason we don't care. So, what was your last performance? 13 4 on Monday, which is Saturday's game. So, against who have we got? Burton, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, you've, for one, I mean, you've put a lot of pressure on me to turn this around before Saturday, but glossing over that, I think the only logical thing to do is to put all the money that the fans use raised for charity on, on that, <laughs> and well, then just, basically, like. 
And we've just have that on Jack's conscience. I mean, now's a good time. Now's, now's a good time to do it. We've just taken in all our sub money for the right, year, so right. the account's never been fuller. So we could, we could. I mean, well, this could you, be if, a massive boon for Doncaster charities. Well, no, one way, Glenn, Glenn. If you don't do that, it's like Kez, isn't it? Like you're not going to do that, and I'm going to be like, you could have won Doncaster charities twenty grand because I literally told you in the podcast. I couldn't have been more clear so about we, the fact that we've won 14, uh, 13 What's the Kez? <laughs> well, it's the time when he didn't put the money on for his brother. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot the plot of Kez. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out where I was going to get a kestrel from at such short notice. Yeah, no, totally. totally. Um, I mean, I'm willing to put money on a, a 3 to 0.25 win on Saturday, but I don't know if I'll find a bookie that will take it. Unless you've got something really good. I don't know where we're going to go from there. <laughs> uh, something about my favourite Rovers related story. Do it. So, I'm doubly sound of an old fanzine. It's issue 20 of Popular Stand, which was early in the 2002 season, which I have written for. Don't see any of you two joining come lately. No, no. the contributor list. No, those are those, like I say, those just, are the Where were we when you were shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, Rovers? Or? No, this was all right. John Coyle's on the list, obviously, the Oracle, and uh, Jack the Miner's also written for this issue as well. Ah, in fact, it's designed like a sort of quirky order of service. What, the... The well, Yeah. Design software was in its infancy in 2000. I bet you somewhere... I bet you somewhere Give Nathan a break, man. I bet, I bet somewhere in that fanzine they've used dingbats. Uh, no, but there's some great clip art. So in this issue, uh, there's, there's my favourite letter ever to the fanzine. So this, this letter to the fanzine starts with the sentence, let me start by saying this is a perfectly true story. So take it as your own as to how true <laughs> this is going to be off the back of that. So this guy works in a shop, doesn't say which kind of shop, but he does say within it that he his shop supplies the local golf club with its, with meat for its restaurant. So I'm going to guess it's either grocers or the butchers. All right. He supplies the golf club with meat for their restaurant. Someone from the, a woman he knows from the golf club, comes into his shop and asks him, do you want a Rovers shirt? And this is when Rovers have just brought back the hoops. It's the first season hoops. He says, do you want a Rovers? They're not on sale yet. And she goes, do you want the new a new Rovers shirt? And because she knows the guy in the shop's a big fan of Rovers. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I love it. So she brings a sh- shirt in later that day. Brand new. Brand new shirt, unopened. It's got the crest on, the, the sponsor on, whatever. I don't know if there were sleeve patch in the conference, probably not, but it's got everything on it. And it's got a big number two on the back. And he's like, oh, nice one. I'm going to be the first person to wear this wear this shirt. So that's, that's how he gets the shirt. Next day, uh, Saturday, Rovers are home to, to Sunderland, you know, friendly. So he thinks, oh, I'm, I'm, he's over to get to the game. He's not sure. He decides to wear his wear his shirt, brand new shirt to the shop. Uh, gets in his shop, he's still going to have a chat with some of the regulars about his new Rovers shirt, you know, he's proud as anything. But at half ten, the phone, phone rings and it's the golf club asking if uh, someone from Rovers can have a word with him. Because that like, someone from Rovers from the golf club. It's the kit man right. on the phone. Uh, and the kit man says, uh, basically says, can we have our shirt back? So they've given away like more shirts than Rovers have to the golf club, which they give it where they had this do oh. whatever. They've given away too many shirts and they <laughs> need good. it. They need it for the afternoon's match. So the kit, the bloke's like, we need it to match the afternoon. And so the guy was like, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, well, are you coming to the match? Can you bring it with you? And he's like, well, I can't actually get to the match now because, you know, something's cropped up at work. Uh, but he goes, well, I'll come and, I'll come and get it. Then. So the kit man drives to this guy's 
shot and has the shirt back off the guy, takes it to Rover, so Rover's mate. But the rest of it is, poor bloke, he's got to spend the rest of the afternoon in his shop working completely topless because <laughs> they've just taken the shirt off his back and left him working like with no shirt on in his shop for the rest of the day. That is we mad. ever get out of that league? It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's saying something, but I think you genuinely think it's believable. Can I just say something about kit men across the board? Because like you hear stories about kit men that get it wrong, you know, and you think you had one job to do. Yeah. Yeah, you come into work on a Monday, right? And and, and, and and you just literally, you know, you put it through the wash, then you line it up, and then on Tuesday you just double check that you've got the right shirt, and then Wednesday you might look at what the opposition is. Yeah. You know, by Thursday you'd expect them to have a good grasp on what you might need for the upcoming fixture. <laughs> Friday you definitely need it. And if you haven't got it on Saturday morning, then you can You're you even, in trouble, you yeah. question yourself as a as a human being. Shorts away at Scunthorpe years ago. I saw Orion play Gillingham, uh, which is sort of like Rovers because Mark mm. McGavin was playing for Gillingham, and they had to wear the away shirt because they forgot the shirt. You've got to be kicking yourself as a kick man. I mean, you literally, you've got yeah. to just, but there's no excuse, yeah. is there? Well, there's the story uh, Rovers' first game in the conference, they've been like up to the start of that season, there's still been sort of two Rovers teams operating. Mark Weaver's sort of renegades on yeah. the actual new Rovers team. So Rovers didn't have a proper kit. Other than the only kit that was there was I wish the kit. I supported Mark Weaver's Renegades. I know it was the side of evil, but like, it's a lot better than Rovers. Um, so, they were, so the kit that Rovers had was the one with Ken Richardson's sponsor on East Riding Sacks. They didn't want to wear it because they thought, obviously thought it would upset the fans. So the idea was they were going to borrow the kit off Sheffield United for the first game of the season. Right. But for whatever reason, they either didn't take it, didn't get it in time forgot to take it down to Dover and ended up wearing the East Riding Sack shirt and that led to a load of rumours that Ken Richardson was still involved. Oh, in that's a good season. one. Yeah. But so there's a story that oh, Sheffield United had to lend Rovers a kit and they, and they did, but Rovers didn't actually end up wearing it. Um, I've also got an interesting kit fact. Oh, go on. Uh, not about Doncaster. That's a kit. It needs a jingle, doesn't it? <laughs> We're working on a jingle, but it was. Um, so, silly kit man, again. Um, brought uh, back in the day, took a uh, red uh, uh, shirt up to Nottingham Forest. Uh, he was Arsenal's kit man, and so the both both turned up and they had red kits. And they're like, "What we're going to do?" And they said, "Right, we're going to have to tie a white bandage around Arsenal's kit on the sleeve." And the rest is history. That's true. That's true. Not even so. Truth in the rumors segment is always going to cause a bit of confusion, okay. but that is the truth segment, which is why I've got my own jingle. <laughs> Fair enough. I've got one last one. Is which it is an absolute? Is it worth? Is it worthy? Oh, is it worthy? Right, let's do it. Let's it take, is, take, let's take the other one. Let's take right. Okay. So, nineteen eighties. Rovers fan from Donny is working in Algeria. Right. And while he's playing for his work's football team, they play against like selected Algerian sides. Uh, and he's been a few years. Nineteen eighty-eight. It's his fifth year out there, and a couple of the players that he's played against two young lads that they really stand out so I'm on an Algeria, in Algeria I don't actually know his, I've spoken to the guy to try and get more on this by the way but right. I don't know his name so I apologise to him if he's listening I completely forgot to ask you your name before we recorded uh, so I'm on Algeria he's seen these two lads to stand out he writes to Eddie Beagleholt who was uh, scouting for Rovers at the time asking if, uh, if Rovers want to bring these lads in for a trial so Eddie gets back to him 
uh, says the club can't afford to bring in Travis from overseas. Understandable. We're about to sell our pitch off to a magician, so that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but if, if the fans are willing to put them up and bring them down, then Rovers will have a look at them. So between Christmas and New Year, 1988, early 1999, our man brings these two lads over with him. I mean, I still know where this is going. We're gone. Uh, puts them up, drops them off down at Pilkington Rec each day for like training and practice matches. And at the end of the week, he gets the... Uh, our guy this is, gets gets a phone call off uh, Steve Beagle, who was like first team coach at the time, I think. And he rings our mate because he can't speak any French or any Arabic, funnily enough, Steve Beagle, so he can't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the wiser as to how they communicated in training for the week. Right. I mean, hopefully, football is a global language, even, yeah. even when it's being humped into the channels. Yeah. So so Steve's, Steve rings a guy to say, like, pass on the verdict. And his, his view is that, like, the lads have. They've got skills in abundance, they're technically really sound, but they're just, they're just not strong enough and not built for like lower league football. So it's yeah. ends unsuccessfully, they go back to Algeria. Who are the two players is obviously what you're all thinking. Well, I don't, I don't want to say in case I get it wrong and I look silly. Well, I hate feeling one, silly. one of them, the first rumour is it the one, the, and this is the one that I think is more plausible. Uh, one of them was like 16, 17 year old Bilal Ziri, who would go on to play like 90 times for Algeria, one of Algeria's most. Okay. So famous players right. of like the early 2000s. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like 2005 Algerian Football of the Year. So that's one of them. I think there's a plausibility to that. He's a, he would have been about the right age at the time. Is the, is the other one someone you can make a claim as in the conversation with British Football or whatever? Yeah. Would, is his name alliteration? Yes. Well, it's Zizou. Yeah, so the room is the other one and it's quite a, Big rumour is amongst Rovers fans older than us around the time. The other player on this trial was Zinedine Zidane. And Rovers had a look at him and said, well, he's good, but he's not quite, he's not quite got the strength I to, mean, to hold up Colin Douglas. So, I mean, uh, what? That, that bit rings true, <laughs> that we would do that at no. that time. Well, the thing that we're sort of forgetting here is, obviously, Kevin Keegan is a squeaky voice man-child. Yeah, we've got previous on this. But there was an argument that he was one of the greatest footballers of his generation, yeah, yeah. and we said he was too weak. We've got previous on letting uh, very talented footballers yeah. go for not being strong enough. Yeah, no, I think that uh, you might have won there. So, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a cracking rumour. It's a belting rumour, isn't yeah. it? I, I, and I've no respect to the man who, who gave us information. I've looked through like Zinedine Zidane, and I, I don't think he even lived in Algeria. No, no. He's of Algerian descent. Yeah. Well, fair, I think he would grew up in France. Marseille, or all this yeah. So I'm. It's a belt of a rumour because it, it came up on the forums like back end of last year uh-huh. and all like a few like known Rovers fans that are older than us were like, yeah, everyone knows this. And sort of people from sort of our age downwards no. were like, what the hell? So what, we so what year would this have been? This is late 88, early 1989. Because all I'll say is when I found out that Maradona Sunderland thing, I yeah. wanted to send that to my mates who were a Sunderland fan. Yeah. So I was like Googling it. And there was quite a lot of sort of clickbaity list articles about yeah sort of football transfers that never were never yeah. were, and Zidane was in it uh, allegedly that there was a transfer to Blackburn that went wrong. I mean that's more plausible, right? But I guess he's way over thirty-seven now as well, so there's no chance of <laughs> <Yeah>. coming back. <laughs> yeah, we could sell that up. Uh, I mean, I, I tried to push a rumor that he was going to be the new boss in the summer after. He stepped down at Madrid and Ferguson. I want to hear a word against Grant McCann. No, no, no. No, I think, if anything, like, we, 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 we got the winner out of those. Walking in the Grant McCann wonderland. 
So yeah, that's 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 what we've got on Remus. We've got some some good pitch ground stuff from yourself. Let's end this because I've been sleeping on a camp bed in Armfoot for the last four nights. <laughs> a bit tired. I'm a bit sad. Hi, so we'll end it there then. So huge thanks to uh, all of you for enjoying that and, and sticking with us all the way to the end. Uh, thanks also to, to Jack and James for, for joining me. Cheers, gents. Uh, we'll hopefully be back again next month for episode 13. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out the fanzine website and Twitter for a steady stream of Rovers-related nonsense, melancholy and match reports in between podcasts. Uh, if you've got your own rumours, let us know. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, if you want to debunk ours or credit ours, then you can do the same. It's at Viva Rovers. Uh, but for now, our city. I like it. Not a lot, <laughs> but I like it.